while importing those goods might make for cheaper prices for us, we just, I mean, nobody's really reflecting on, not many people are really reflecting on why we have those cheaper prices and what that might be doing to people. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Jake is bringing to us a nonfiction title. It's called American Made, and I cannot remember the subtitle for it for the life of me. What happens to people when work disappears? So I have an immediate question just based on the title. Mm-hmm. And is that was this published recently enough that it's taking some of what happened in 2020 to into account? Yes, okay. it is. So it published Literally last month. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's by a New York Times reporter named uh, Ferris Stockman, and it's sort of a compilation of of years of of reporting that she has done in the area. So the book follows three subjects primarily. They are John, Shannon, and Wally. And I I, I kind of like the way that she looks at these subjects because she herself, you know, it's so the book is a lot about sort of class in America and the labor movement, but she also looks at the way that the labor movement has intersected with civil rights and racial justice movements, feminist movements, and so on. So it's kind of nice. She has, Shannon is, I I suppose maybe that's tokenizing, but Shannon is a white woman, Wally is a black man, and then John is, is a white man, and she sort of follows their trajectories over the course of the closure of their plant. Okay. Yes. And so they all work at the same location then? Yes. They all work at Rexnerd, which was a a ball bearing plant in Indianapolis. And it was a it was a union shop, so they were all represented by United Steelworkers, I believe. And they their jobs were they were sent to Mexico. So they the the plant closes you sort of see their their history with the companies and their history with the union and then you sort of follow them as they attempt to get back on their feet after having lost you know a good job basically so you said that she has a history the author of reporting on this subject is Mm -hmm. this something that she focuses on primarily in her journalistic work as far as i know Yes. I don't really know what beat that is, like (laughs) deindustrialization. But I mean, the the reason when I was I was talking to Donald, actually, about like why I like these kinds of books, because I read, I swear, like this kind of book all the time is just like I am from the industrial Midwest. So and you can kind of see it. We just did reapportionment this year. My home state, Ohio, lost two seats and Mm. Texas gained two seats. So I'm sort of like emblematic of that human migration. Just a lot of a lot of what the entire Midwest was built around has been crumbling for decades. And it was particularly and I think what's what's really interesting about this at least because of course this has a political angle but there kind of are no good guys like okay clinton signed nafta into law and everyone has defended free trade since then basically with actually the exception of donald trump who at least in rhetoric was anti-free trade but in policies tended not to be so but yes so there's there's And it's also got a nice history of sort of the labor movements you kind of don't realize that sometimes like Coal miners were literally killed in their strikes for for trying to get reasonable work conditions. And then there's also, I mean, so it's just also treating a very prominent problem, which is that less and less our country makes things and the people who take pride in sort of like making the things that make the country work, they might be able to find similar 
employment in some sort of service-based industry because that's the way the economy is shifting. But the same sort of pride and dignity of the work is not quite there, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it does. Making making integral ball bearings or something yeah. is not quite the same as serving someone as a Chili's. Yes. Well, and so that's like that like and that's kind of their point is like if you have audience, if you have ever touched anything that rotates, you have probably dealt with a bar with a ball bearing. And they they uh, they take pride in making like quality products. And then, then there's one point where those in the book, I can't remember the year, but they sort of their preliminary materials begin to be imported from China and frankly the quality isn't as good. So there's I don't know, it's it's an interesting thing to to sort of follow. You said the three main characters were Shannon, Wally and John, was that right? That is correct, yes. So where were they in their careers when they were let go from their positions? Were they all approximately equal in level or So John was the newest, but he also had his family probably had the most direct ties to the labor movement. I believe something like his his dad was a union chapter president or something like that. And he's kind of um he's like the 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 feisty union worker basically okay. of the story kind of like to the to the point where you're like, maybe you're actually asking for too much. But, you know, <laughs> he's, he's a fun character to follow. Shannon had been working there for quite some time. She was the first person. She works the, like, basically blast furnaces. Okay. And she was the first woman to work in the blast furnaces. And she had been there for, for a very long time. And then Wally was actually, had been working there for a very long time and was a foreman and ended up, like, supervising the people there. Okay. Yeah. And they all have sort of, like, different, like, Shannon has, has a disabled granddaughter that she has to take care of and so you really i don't know you see how vital some of these jobs really were because obviously once you lose insurance from that job then any child that might have been covered under you and those exorbitant hospital fees end up coming due and if you don't have a job you can't pay for them Um, and if you don't have insurance it's even more expensive so yes they they were all kind of some of them were at slightly different points but they all at least had a history in manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. At any point does the author talk about possible ways to address these issues? Is it is it just kind of like That might be I mean that might be a critique that you might level at it. I don't know if there are really solutions offered. And in fact <laughs> That's fair. I had no. I I had to. Yeah, no. And and I I I had to look up trade adjustment assistance is the name of the program that allows people who have been whose jobs have been sent overseas to retrain in some sort of new profession. And actually, studies have shown that people who use that it's a government service who use Mm -hmm. that assistance usually end up with lower incomes after they're done than people who do nothing at all. Yes. So it's a quandary. It's a quagmire. You know because. Because of globalization, we really have, well, one, people in other countries, a lot of people have risen out of just abject poverty. Yes. However, we still have people in abject poverty in the United States. And while importing those goods might make for cheaper prices for us, we just, I mean, nobody's really reflecting on, not many people are really reflecting on why we have those cheaper prices and yes. what that might be doing to people. And 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 multiple layers of the issue. Because like you said, like sometimes quality is something that you have to sacrifice mm-hmm. a lot of times. And then, of course, the labor markets in other countries not being as fair. And, and, and there's just so many levels that kind of end up maybe overtaking, I think, people realizing how much this is affecting 
American yeah. workers. They're so busy talking about pollution of fast fashion or mm-hmm. like lowering quality from like products from China that they don't think about like the Shannons who, yes. who are still like, well, I still have to take care of my yeah. my grandchild. And not only that, if she's been at the company for that long, it's yeah. hard for her to even find employment oh, yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because again, re- retraining in a completely different field as we've possibly learned. Yeah. Not not even that useful. Yeah. It's it's a it's a quandary. I forget what I was going to say. Sorry. Let's go. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Overall, did you find the read kind of depressing then, since it doesn't really <laughs> offer up any solutions? Well, you're a nonfiction person. So I'm, I, I read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. So I read about all of our depressing problems all the time, always. So it was sad. One of the st- Wally's story in particular is 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 fairly heartbreaking. And I Shannon has a, actually a pretty hopeful end. Okay. So and 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 John ends up on his feet. So you sort of have the array of of things that might happen to people in this situation because some people end up thriving and others litter I don't know, kind of a spoiler. Wally actually dies. Yes. Refuses to in, in a heartbreaking but common scenario, refuses to take an ambulance to the hospital because of the prohibitive cost of an ambulance wow. ride. So it's yeah, it's it is definitely a book that is like, look at this problem. I don't really know if there's there, there's a solution offered there. She does mention, I mean, there are some politicians who are now talking about universal basic income, which is a thought for sort of the economic hardship of it. Sure. But what she ultimately comes to is that most people actually want to work. And don't just want to receive money. Right, yeah, right. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Sort of making things here again. And you I know? think like specifically, like you mentioned before, they want to work at a fulfilling job that like yeah. makes them feel like they are producing something important as mm-hmm. opposed to working for minimum wage at a job where it just feels like you're not really doing anything. You can yeah. use the same burger every yeah. Time. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about Wally's story because I feel like now we've heard a bit about Shannon's and about right, John's. John's. Um, so Wally, he he had a he had a history of actually dealing drugs before he ended up in the factory, and he actually got into the factory because of nepotism because his his uncle had worked there and had like a stellar reputation. But then after he had worked there for a while too, he also got a stellar reputation because he's a go-getter. He wanted to, his ultimate plan was to, and also just, he he was a lover. <laughs> the oh, other no. problem. <laughs> so just it kept taking in so many, so many wives and girlfriends <laughs> when probably needed to learn to be alone, but that's okay. But he, he wanted to start his own barbecue business when he was done. And, and she starts tracking that process but an entrepreneur doesn't often have insurance so that's kind of the that's the that's one of the big like problems just obviously like if something goes wrong with your body and you don't have a good job and if you're eating yeah. lots of barbecue yes that's true are, i guess that's true too shape. yes yeah. yes yes i suppose that's true but yeah and there's also there's this very interesting dynamic like midway through the book where they know they're gonna they're gonna be replaced and they they bring the mexican workers up who are going to replace them to have them train on their machines and john who is the who is the the union guy is like adamant like it is we should not be training people it's against our principles we should not be like training the people who are going to replace us but then the company starts being like okay we're gonna offer like double time if you end up training your replacements or something or we'll give you extra x months of severance or something like that and another critique that i might level at it is that she spends like a teensy weensy bit of time profiling some of those workers 
who do come up to train, but it's, I don't know if it's necessarily like a sufficient amount of time to like humanize them. Mm. So that is kind of like the corollary that I would like to see, <laughs> like what are work conditions there and, and I suppose what are their lives a little bit more, but I mean, a book can't be everything, but yeah. <laughs> Did it remind you at all of Evicted, which took kind of a similar vein in looking at different individual stories? It Yes, it did. I would say, and I, I liked Evicted because this is the kind of book that I like, something that can veer into the policy wonk side of thing and then things and then also tell human stories at the same time because policy is inextricable from from human experience although people kind of often don't realize that i hear like it doesn't matter a lot of the time but yes i would say it's very similar she spends a lot of time with her subjects and i'm kind of forgetting i know evicted spends a lot of time with one subject in particular it's, it's several different families i think three, okay. three different families become like the primary okay guy <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's a handful of families that she's following, including one of the landlords. Mm -hmm. And I would even say, like, that is the one, one of the differences between these two books is that she's a journalist. Journalists point to problems. He is a sociologist. And I remember, like, an extensive policy section at the back of that yes. book with yes. saying, like, here is what we might be able to do. Yes. That's not really here, which is unfortunate. But also, I guess she's it's, you know, different strokes for different authors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, and it seems like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it feels like there have been a lot more books coming out kind of taking a magnifying glass to some of these issues that can be caused by consumerism and capitalism. Mm -hmm. I know there's one that's been on my shelf about supermarkets oh, and yeah. how bad they are. <laughs> and there are a whole bunch on Amazon and what the Amazon worker experience oh, yes, is like. Yes. Oh, yeah. So it, this seems like, the it's sad to say, the perfect time for someone who's interested in like the effect of policy, policy decisions mm -hmm. to be able to just pick up a handful of books mm -hmm. and be able to learn about every angle and yeah. facet of like the effect maybe not necessarily a solution mm -hmm. but at least figure out how it's like affecting people and what it's what it's doing to the economy i think also we all spent oh and to get to your earlier question i suppose we all spent the last year with extreme disruptions to the way that yes. we worked or for some people literally just to the jobs that we worked i <laughs> my library was looking at tremendous budget cuts and so i moved across the country so i mean it affected me so it's we're all kind of thinking about what work is and what we want mm -hmm. work to be so i think that might be why some of those things are are, yeah. are coming out right now and especially supply chains because i think yeah it was a, it was, <laughs> we're all feeling it on so many levels it was a real wake-up call i think for everyone to realize how something could so completely disrupt your day-to-day -day mm -hmm. life it's one thing to be like oh i can't buy a computer it's another thing to be like oh i don't have toilet paper or I, yeah. oh, I don't have like this very basic thing that i consider a necessity and part of that is because it's not here anymore yeah. or even some of it is oh i can't drive my car for three plus weeks because the parts aren't Easy three plus weeks right yes what about three months oh that's how long my car didn't work yes yes uh, but no yes and and a lot of that is because companies like that who produce very important parts mm -hmm. are moved to different countries and mm -hmm. once countries are kind of like separating themselves because of i don't know yeah a worldwide pandemic yeah <laughs> it really really throws a wrench in and things yeah would you say you left this book feeling like wow 
there's room for growth or were you like mm, we're too far we're down the rabbit hole now <laughs> there's always room for growth i don't know i'm 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 sort of an eternal optimist my my thing that i always ask myself is because like both of my parents are educators i'm sort of education adjacent in my career is is like is education because I've also read similar books like Deaths of Despair by Angus Deaton and Anne Case. They're they're economists and they sort of draw a bachelor's degree as like the dividing, like the dividing line in American life. And so is the solution give everyone a get everyone a bachelor's degree or is the solution do something radical, radical to business such that we actually employ people to make things here i i don't yeah. know you know because the co the economy is on its way to a service economy and there is there's a lot of satisfaction that can be had in service but mm -hmm. i still think that people want to make you know yeah. <laughs> so yeah and, and on top of that relying on one aspect mm -hmm. really shows an issue like when we couldn't leave for an extended period of time, so many service workers were out of yeah. out of work because they're reliant on the fact that our economy is thriving. And when mm -hmm. it's not, that means they don't matter anymore. They're the yeah. first ones to go. Whereas if you had, if there wasn't a pandemic stopping people from opening, people who are making things are going to be the first people who are yeah. back in the factory because it's so integral to like keeping everyone moving. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes this this balance on a knife edge like mm -hmm. everything's great until it's not and then it's very bad yeah <laughs> well, a lot of times those plants especially in a state like texas that are powering like entire small towns so you'll see yeah. the entire town dry up and die whenever the mm -hmm. manufacturing moves yes. yeah yeah well i mean and and on a somewhat smaller scale the, the midwest is okay but like <laughs> you're kind of you kind of see it in demographic yeah. trends so it's i don't know <laughs> yeah. I, I for one, am a proponent of increasing the number of American-made products on the shelf. You that know, aren't made it, in prisons. Yes, yes. That, that aren't made in prisons. That's a that's a big one. Don't get cheap labor from incarcerated people who yes. can't choose otherwise. In fact, maybe perhaps pay people a living wage yes. <laughs> and just charge a little more for your product. Yeah. That's a big thing I think people say that they're very passionate about until they realize it's going to cost three times as much. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, mm, I'd rather pay $12 for my baking sheet than $35. Like, yeah, but it's $35 because someone yeah. got to pay for their kids like medical care exactly yeah it's a quandary it's a quandary <laughs> so in closing is there anybody in particular that you would recommend this book to is there anybody in particular mm -hmm. <laughs> anybody who sits on the board of a major manufacturing <laughs> company and doesn't go out to the floor policymakers um, yeah policymakers but but really though the the book is a lot about the divide between management and employees mm -hmm. at these large enterprises and so i think that i think that a lot of highly educated people manage to seal themselves off from people who have not had as much formal education mm -hmm. because that's sort of how our society works so i would suggest this to anybody who is at a remove from the working class just to sort of see and understand and empathize <laughs> yeah no that totally makes sense yeah there, there's there's the ivory tower like mythos for a reason yeah and it's I, not really a mythos it's real the idea that like the more education you get you're kind of like removing yourself from what a normal like person is going mm -hmm. through which is very easy to do when you're working white collar versus blue collar. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing us a nonfiction title to think about. <laughs> and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.